from our virtual studios in Darmstadt, Germany. And uh, our other studio in Camarillo, California. It is time once again, ladies and gentlemen, for the Marketing Geeks. And we have a show unlike any other. Although all of our shows are unlike any other show that we do or any other show in existence. But this one is exceptionally different because it's a new one. And every time we do a new show, it's just breaking new ground and breaking new territory. And that's why this episode is going to break through all of the ceilings, including the glass ceiling, because we have a very special guest today. Yes, and uh, I am excited about this because we're going to take you into the world of personal branding. That is, if you are an individual and not a product, how do you market yourself? Well, we have the answers for you, and we're going to give them to you right now. And they're coming up, and they are going to shock you. The third one, especially, is going to mind. It's just going to blow your mind. It's, it's incredible. It and is- you will not believe what Justin looks like now. Marketing geeks. Okay, but so we're going to get on to the meat of this amazing topic. But first, we got to pay some bills. So stand by. And we're back. Uh, our first guest is an amazing person. And I know this because uh, she has definitely conveyed that on her website, on her LinkedIn profile, and from the brief conversation we had just before the show started. Uh, she is the CEO. Uh, that means she's a female CEO, which I dig when that happens, of the Elevate Institute, which is a cutting-edge health coaching film specializing in empowering individuals to take charge of their body and their health. And we can all use a lot of that. Uh, So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the CEO of the Elevate Institute, I would like to introduce Eva (laughs) Veronari. That's the best intro ever. (laughs) Is it? I don't know if it was the best ever. It was was what you got. So... (laughs) (laughs) That's, Any, that's anything what, yeah. makes me laugh we're good all right <laughs> okay well we're off to a good start then we well are. welcome to the show Thank you. have you have you have you heard the marketing geeks before are you uh yes. are you yes I really? wow yeah yeah, yeah. And you still agreed to come on that's well, amazing that's, that's part of the agreement that i have with my clients if they don't laugh at my crazy stupid jokes we can't work together so here we oh are. that's good oh. good <laughs> we're going to, we're going to get along. We're going to get along well then. Uh, I have, I have a ton of questions for you. And um, uh, because uh, we, we, we on the show, we talk a lot about digital marketing. We talk a lot about analytics. We talk about tools. We talk about, uh, you know, how to market your brand. Uh, But, but, but how do you market you if you're just you, right? If, cause you're, you're a a life coach, you help people uh, expand their horizons and, and bloom into their, their full selves. Uh, but, but that, that means that you have to create an element of trust. So I, I'm curious how you do that. If you are a, uh, a person who is marketing just you, how, how, how does, first of all, l- let's rewind a little bit. How did you get into doing this? 
Oh, personal experience of becoming very ill myself, not knowing how to take care of myself. I was a techie. I was in the tech world for 10 years and then moved into the stone world. And, you know, you had the the 2000 bubble that happened. Everybody lost their jobs, right? And then you had the 2008 bubble that happened. Everybody lost their jobs again. And I was caught in the middle of all of that, burnt out, tired, trying to raise my two kids on my own. And I became very ill. And this was something that moved into the realm of the doctors can't help you unless you want to take a prescription medication. So my resolution was I've got to find something that aligns with my personal beliefs that if you give the body what it needs, it will heal itself. And therefore, I fired the doctors that were helping me and tore up their prescriptions and decided I'm going to do something different. I'm going to find what works. And having the personal experience of rewinding and getting rid of all of the symptoms that included and it's going to be depressing for a minute, a chronic fatigue, anxiety, insomnia, depression, fibromyalgia, IBS, itchy skin, heart palpitations, and the list goes on and on. So when you have that personal experience and people hear the story and they hear what I'm able to do for myself, that's part, that's the beginning of trust. That's, that's so were you, able to, you were able to heal yourself of all these various ailments then holistically. Is that, is that correct? That is correct. Awesome. Yeah. And to tell us, tell us a little bit about, um, cause I know we talked before the show a little bit of, uh, how you were saying that kind of the, your personal experience is a way of building your brand right now. And I wanted to, I wanted to go into that a little bit deeper. Um, can you, can you elaborate a little bit more on how you're using your personal experiences, like, like their story right there, uh, and, and how you're taking that a, a step further. Even? Yeah. I mean, and, and it begins with that story. That's always the, the part of my, my experience of, deciding, yes, I want to do something different in the world that impacts others in a greater way. And that, of course, feeds me. But what do I do along the way? And I find I find that when it comes to dealing with uh, other entrepreneurs, because that's that's where I'm, I network a lot with them, that they're sometimes afraid of taking their personal experience and putting it into their branding and saying, this is this is now who I am. I've, I've evolved or I've added something of greater value. And, and this is not it's not about taking the drama of life and airing dirty laundry. It's about realizing what is the wisdom that you can take away from it and apply so that you become of greater value to your clients. And it also keeps you up to date. It makes it fresh. It gives them something new to talk about you with, you know, and just recently there was a situation where, um, before mm, my daughter went into the hospital in February, I was on, as a guest in several podcasts talking about, let's not polarize ourselves and saying you have to do alternative medicine or you have to do traditional, you know, the American medicine. And that conversation really came to a head when she ended up in the hospital. I had no choice. What I offer could not help her. So she was in the no. hospital for a week and I was reminded so very clearly about how important it is to have that collaboration, to build trust with the doctors so that they know that, yes, you're interested and, and understand what's at stake here. And yes, they should be questioned. So I'm launching a whole new um, program about how to be an advocate for your loved ones while they're in the hospital. Wow. That's pretty right. cool. Yeah. Well, so and, and, um, and I don't, I don't always tell this story so much, but, uh, you know, when I, um, five years ago, you know, I, I had a, a pretty major incident where I had a massive lung infection and I was in the ICU for two months. Wow. And I, I remember because at the time I had been, you know, I'd been eating super healthy. I'd been eating pretty holistic and I had to, I mean, well, I didn't have a choice, but you know, I had to get myself over to Western medicine. And so there, I, I do believe there is a synergy 
between Western and Eastern medicine. And uh, so, I mean, I was, you know, firsthand experience. I had, I had to do a little bit of both. And I think, uh, I, I do think they can work together. Uh, but I also think that the, you know, a pill is not the solution to every single problem that presents itself, which is kind of the model that some doctors uh, are overusing, in my opinion. And and it was my experience, even though I was at the top rated hospital in all of California, uh, you know, UCLA in Santa Monica, they were beautiful, beautiful. But from what I know about how the body works and giving it what it needs to heal itself instead of giving it a pill, um, I had several uh, interactions with them where I argued. I mean, I remember being on the phone at two o'clock in the morning with the prescribing physician telling him, I think you have her on the wrong antibiotic. <laughs> I don't know many people who will do that. So it, it, it's like that, that's the kind of conversations we were having. And it was. And, and just a, just a note, this is just something that you bring up a really, a really important point, which is, um, you know, just, just a small tangent, but please people advocate for your own health. Do not just trust a doctor's word on anything, because, uh, if you do not advocate for your own health and speak up, uh, nobody is going to, and, and people have died because they just don't, they, they'd rather be polite than yeah. anything else. Well, some people um, take doctors yeah. as like, uh, they take their word as gold and they, they just do whatever they say, no matter what. And I think, you know, they are human beings. Yes. So, uh, and when you talk about like health, uh, for instance, or nutrition, they, they only get, uh, it's like less than eight hours of training their entire medical school for nutrition. So uh, that's what I've been told. Anyway, I can't confirm that factually, but I, I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Uh, so they're not necessarily like the best sources on nutrition. There are other people that have had lifetimes of experience more than what, what they've done with actual nutrition. Now, they are great at medicine, um, but in nutrition, sometimes they uh, they get treated as if they know everything when really they haven't studied it that much. And Andres, you had that gallbladder story. Why don't you, why don't you share that? Because you oh my God, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a, this is a crazy story. Like this is so, this is such a tangent, but, but it, it, it kind of illustrates the point. Um, I, uh, I, I've always been in pretty good health. And the first time I came to the Netherlands, I, uh, I, I indulged in, in the food here, which is a lot of like cheese and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and of course, French fries. And what do they serve with French fries here? Mayonnaise. That's right. Um, so uh, I ate a lot of that. And then uh, when I came home, I made uh, um, like a stir fry with coconut uh, uh, oil. And I had been putting coconut oil and butter in my coffee because I heard that that was great. Found out later that's not a good idea. Right. Uh, and and all of a sudden I get this really bad pain and I was I, I had a gallbladder attack. Um, and I kind of knew what it was uh, uh, at first. So I, I rushed to the emergency room and they said, OK, well, you're having a gallbladder attack. They gave me some opioids, which the only time I ever tried that. And I, at, at the time I was like, Oh, I see why people get really addicted to this. Uh, and, and then, uh, which, which was at the moment I was like, I would, I should never do this again. Uh, but they said, yeah. So I said, well, what can you do about this? Is there like a, a medication or something? And they said, well, uh, we're going to schedule you for an operation and we're going to ah. get your gallbladder out like tomorrow. And I no. said, no, Good. no, I, I may need that. So no. Uh, and, and I said, I need a second opinion. So I went to my doctor and, uh, I, I talked to him and, and he, he had always to me been like more like, don't take the, the antibiotics if you don't need it, you know, be a little more natural. And, uh, and I 
talked to him and he said, uh, well, uh, what we'll do is we'll schedule you for an appointment next Wednesday. We can get your gallbladder out. And I was like, okay, no. What else can we do? And he goes, well, there's no real treatment for it. What else can we do? So finally, I, got, I literally had to pull it out of him. He goes, well, you could just change your diet. And I was like, oh, oh geez. I, I, I think, I think I'll do that. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, but listen, you gotta be, you gotta be like, really like, you gotta be very, very, uh, adamant about it. You, you can't eat any more like we, bad we food. We really want that fire. gallbladder. We really yeah, want delicious. that gallbladder. Yeah. Right. So, right. So, so, so he gave me the list of like things I can't eat. I'm like, so basically anything that's bad for me. Right. And he's like, well, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'll just do that. So, so after that, it, it became uh, my gallbladder issue became kind of my friend because it's like, I know now I can almost sense it like the alarm bells going off if I get near anything that's going to be bad for me. So I keep it under control and I, I still have my beautiful gallbladder. And here's, here's the coda to all of that. He said, Said, uh, if you do take it out, you're, you're going to have to change your diet anyway because you're not getting the right digestive juices <laughs> right. in there. So I was like, what, what's wrong with you people? Every, so, no, not everything, but a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, 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 I first of all, uh, I thank you for your work because I know that you probably uh, help empower people along those lines. But but it it just illustrates that there's there's issues that that you know, and especially with the opioid epidemic uh the way that we do health in the west is 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 wrong uh and and over medicated yes yeah i talk about it in a terms of if we hunt down a symptom and kill it we think that we're healthy and being symptom free is not necessarily the end result that we're really looking for it's just we don't know that that is a possibility to go beyond being symptom free and the other one is we think it's natural and normal to feel symptoms of age as we are the age we are. And I'm here to say not true because I became very sick at the age of 20. I felt like I was 70 or so. I was having the same symptoms as my grandmother, which was ridiculous. Yeah. And people kept saying to me, Eva, you're too young to be experiencing these things. Yes, I know, but that doesn't help me. So <laughs> 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 let's find something that will. And, and it was yeah. that, that journey and being able to <laughs> share the journeys, just like both of you just have those two stories, being able to share those things, that's been vital in gaining trust and being able to put that as the face of the business and also incorporate it as being part of the business has been my marketing strategy. Yeah, I mean, well, we're in a culture of uh, reactionary medicine versus uh, proactive medicine, right? Where we don't, most people are, they're reactionary, they wait for the symptom to come before they seek treatment. Whereas yes. I think the the more efficient model is to actually be taking care of yourself as you go and what, you know, a novel concept, but actually feeding nutrients into your body and doing good things. Uh, and going back to my story, even, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a survivor of ARDS, which is uh, acute respiratory distress syndrome, which uh, apparently has like a mortality rate of like 80% of people that get it don't survive. Wow. Really? And, I thought it was acute pirate syndrome. Well, it was something like that. <laughs> I but, know, yeah. right? ARDS! <laughs> You know, and I, 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 mean, I thought I, of that too. <laughs> Bards, Sorry, yeah. That's right. Give me a second to get that actually. <laughs> when I, uh, when wait, I when you, I, you've had that. You, wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. You've had that for this long and you've never come up with that joke. I have not. No, it didn't even cross my mind. Oh, man. <laughs> As like fiddler on the um, roof company. Yeah, it just doesn't. Okay. But I mean, like, but the, the point is that I, um, you know, I, 
at the time of my accident and, and all this that was going on, I was, I was actually feeding myself very, very nutritiously. I was, uh, I was on a very holistic, uh, like, uh, almost a raw, not quite hundred percent raw vegan, but close to that, uh, anyway, um, kind of diet. And, and, and I was 30 years old. And I think be, in my opinion, because of a lot of that, and because of the, you know, that I had prepped my body to kind of, um, to be as healthy as possible. I think that's part of what made me survive. And it's, it's funny because my, my uh, girlfriend at the time, my wife now who was speaking to the doctors had brought up some of the facts that I'd been like drinking like this well water, which is, you know, with, with a natural, you know, that's like living well water. Cause that it was, um, I had access to that at the time and I was drinking kombuchas every day and, and eating like all these uh, vegan foods and taking vitamin oil greens and all that. And the doctors kind of like laughed it off, like, oh, that's just coincidence. It has nothing to do with anything that we're doing here. But mm. <laughs> that, that was the reaction for real. Yeah, that was yeah. the reaction. And, and, and they, they wrote, you know, they're writing a case study on my case. So I, I would like to think that it had some element of, uh, of play in this whole thing. Hmm. So uh, getting getting back to you, Eva, I'd, I'd like to um, find out. OK, so so going back to your journey, you know, you you were sick, you you had to heal yourself. And uh, I'm going to get a, a, a little bit woo woo here. Um, oh, no, but, good, good. Uh, don't do it. Don't yeah, do it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna. You can't well, stop me, man. We can't fax you on marketing geeks. You can't stop me. So you know, this is this is a this is a you know. Obviously, on some level, you are probably suffering a spiritual crisis uh, because I think that a lot of depression and a lot of like uh, not all, but but some uh, illness that manifests, uh, you know, my gallbladder included, I would say, is is part of a spiritual um, uh, breakthrough that you're about to have, and some people can break through that and other people can't. Uh, but, but, uh, cause on your, on your LinkedIn profile, you say that you, you're a, you're a no, no, what did you say? A no, no BS, BS, uh, spiritual, uh, healer, right. Yeah, yes. Or uh, so, no BS healer. So, so, uh, so you had your own personal awakening with your healing. And then once that happened, what was the next part that kind of led you on the path to become a personal coach and start on, on that journey? Well, it's, mm-hmm. it, the, this whole business of mine started out in 2011 after my ex-husband passed away by hook, line and sinker, believing everything the doctor told him to do. So it started oh, wow. with, yeah, that, that was the, the really beginning of me deciding I need to inform others. And it was just about the hair analysis at the time. It was very physical. It was very permanent of information saying, okay, if I test your hair and we see what's going on here, then I know to give you these supplements to help with your, your healing. And that still is the case and foundation. But, but as my own healings progressed through building the business and becoming more and more healthy, I noticed that internally there were a, a couple of things. Yes, spiritual. Yes, I always knew I was different. Yes, I always had some sort of intuition, but that developed into becoming a medical intuitive. It developed into understanding that my thoughts and my feelings and my physicalness are all related and there's no separation between them. And they manifest in the physical body after you have not handled that emotional part of you or the thought part of you. So if you can get your control around thoughts and emotions better, then you can at least help the manifestation that's occurred to clear. So all of these things are definitely related and a part of working with me now, which is why I went from being a business that was called self-nutrition and it's very, very analytical, right? The, the technical mind, supplement, energy, lifestyle, and food. That was the acronym that stood for self-nutrition. And last 
January. So not, not 2019, but 2018, I went through a program where I had to rebrand myself from self nutrition to the Elevate Institute, because at this point I understood that getting the physical body completely clear of the toxins and in alignment with source was the way to elevation. And, and that is very woo woo. So do not be afraid of going there. <laughs> I go there every day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a couple of questions uh, about that. Cause it, it sounds like to me that, that part of the, your own practice has been just, you know, following, you know, making your way intuitively to where you are uh, now. So what, what was the, tell me the, the moment, what was going through your mind when you decided that you were going to just put yourself out there as this person and, and try and make a living doing this? Like what, what was that leap? Because I know that when you, when you sometimes being our, our true authentic selves or, or doing what we want to do, it's a scary leap. So, so what was that process for you from being someone who's like, wow, I did this to actually trying to get your first client? Oh, um, that trying to get my first client, that was, a, that was kind of scary. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and actually my, my, I've tried to get my first client with my ex-husband who passed, who passed away and I had just become certified and we were in a conversation and he shared with me about what he was going through. He had hepatitis C, he had heart prolapse, he had problems with iron toxicity. And then he just recently was diagnosed with diabetes and I said to him, I go, you know, I'm, I'm certified. I'm not open for business yet, but why don't you send me some of your hair and I'll see if I can help you. And you know, that's pretty much how I've, I started. It was listening people for some reason, they feel very comfortable with sharing their most intimate inner workings of their body with me. And I think it's because I share first, I share, I share the idea that, Hey, it's okay for you to open up to me because I've experienced this too. And I can see that you're going through something and you're complaining because I think a lot of us complain about things, not realizing that we're complaining. And as I ask, as I ask questions, (laughs) I go, you know, I I think I can help you. So that was pretty much the, the muscle that was built that I think I can help you, um, that turned into the, I know I can help you. And that was the, not so much of a leap into a dark cavernous space as much as it was running towards what seemed to be the obvious choice. Hmm. I needed to do this as a business. So, so what, when, so after that, cause, um, uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of interesting to, to hear the story. Um, you know, because I, I, I've had my own experiences with, uh, dealing with people's energy and, and how, how just feeling how people's energy operates on like this whole other level. And, you know, th- there's a lot of people I'm sure that even listening right now, that's like, well, if I can't measure it, then it's not real. Mm. And I would tell you that, uh, there's a lot of things that we can't measure that are absolutely real. Um, you know, I mean, uh, I, I think that a decent star Wars movie is something that is something you, you, we can't measure because one will probably never exist again. So, uh, I love star Wars by the way. Yes. So, uh, but, but, uh, you're a CEO that loves Star Wars. Me. Yes, I know. <laughs> so the, the, so the real question is, uh, to me, like, so there, there was this moment when you like, you, you got to the, I think I could do this. And you're probably like 
opening up yourself to this idea of like, oh, I think I have the superpower, right? Yeah. What was the, what, tell me about the leap that you did where you, you either took out your first internet ad or you, you really made it as like, okay, this is the business and I'm doing it. Uh, how about your tell first me what client that, story even, like how about a first client story even, that'd be good too. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, you're asking me to go back eight years and I'm, I'm trying to remember. That's right, that's what we do. Who is my first client? I actually, probably, it wasn't my mother. It wasn't, it, it, I thought it was family and I'm trying to think back. I really can't remember who my, is there someone outside of that? I'm, I'm more curious, yeah. like the, 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 the cold, the cold call or the cold pitch where it was someone completely outside of your circle. Yeah. So maybe you boosted your confidence with the family member, but like when, when did it become like a business, a business business? And what was the first ad that you took out or the first website that you built? Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'd like to yeah. find out how you made that leap. <laughs> First, my first website was called selfnc.com, which still forwards directly to the elevateinstitute.com. And that stood, I couldn't, I couldn't get self-nutrition. Self North Carolina. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, at the time. What did it stand for? Wait, what did it stand for? Self is supplement, energy, lifestyle, and food. And the NC stands for nutritional counselor. Oh, that's a lot of, that's a big acronym. Not only that, yeah. not only that, but if you think about it, when you have to say those, that, that whole acronym and NC out loud, each one of those cannot be heard without clarifying. So self as in, yeah. right. And you have to constantly do that every time. I'm like, oh, I need to change and it's this. it's like N as in Nancy <laughs> yes, or M as in yeah, Mary. You got yes, it. Yeah. <laughs> what a pain. So <laughs> I realized that a little too late, but I did what I, I thought was good. And then eventually I changed it to hair analysis for how hair analysis for health, which gave you the results or at least the process. And I thought, well, that would be helpful. And advertising I found to be very ineffective because for me, it seems like a one-liner on Facebook ads or a one-liner on Google ads was not enough to convey the process enough that how it could help somebody. And that eventually turned into, I just need to tell stories. So it took me a long time to muddle around with the marketing and try to figure out how can I best express the result without sounding like every other healer out there. Um, and I needed to embrace the, my little stitch of, yes, I, I do hair analysis. That's the vehicle and it's important and it makes it scientific instead of guessing it's not entirely woo woo starts with something very factual. And, and then, so it, it took, it took a long time to progress and get to a point where I could say, um, not only is my spirituality part of my business now, but it, it has become part of what I resonate. Like you picked up on that. I was a, a spiritual healer, but that's not what's written there. And that, isn't that interesting? It mm-hmm. says no BS healer. So <clears throat> that could have gone anywhere, but you picked up on spiritual healer. So that's, that's what I'm doing. And that's, so, so that's, that, that's your, your niche. And, and when, so two questions, first of all, and this is get, gets more into the personal branding when you, you know, because there are a lot of healers. I, I lived in Ojai, California oh for a long time yes. and you can't, you, you cannot throw a rock without <laughs> hitting either a celebrity or a healer. Right. That's like, that's, that's yeah. the town. Right. Um, yeah, there are yeah. a lot of Reiki people. Yeah. So uh, how do you how do you differentiate yourself from all the other healers that are out there who are doing the same thing? What is the thing that you do to set yourself apart and 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 give yourself that slight edge? It's my personal story. So if people don't get along with me as a person, if they don't find me attractive, my history, my information, if they don't 
resonate with me and my stories, they're not going to work with me. And that's the, so it's just so me as a where person. Are you telling, yeah. Where are you telling these stories? So are you, are you doing uh, stage events? Are you telling them at meetup groups? Are you telling them at chamber of commerce events? Are you telling them, I know that now you're doing a lot of podcast interviews and I'm sure you're sharing your stories that way, but where, like when you started, were you just sharing them on social media or how, where were you sharing these stories to get your initial clients? Let's when, go back. Yeah. When I started, I was relying on the person who certified me had a referral system and the people would go to my website from that referral website and, and they would, they would go, oh, I love your website the best. So I went with you and <clears throat> I thought, okay, great. So I know how to put out a nice picture and, and, and people can follow what they, they feel is, is comfortable for them. Um, and I was doing, I was playing smaller. So I was going to, I was networking a lot with chamber of local chamber of commerce groups and taking advantage of the 10 minute talk at the beginning of the, uh, the meeting or as part of the meeting, uh, became a member of the holistic chamber. of commerce. Oh, we've been there. We know that grind. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Is it a grind? It is a grind. And I decided, you know what? This is crazy. Well, were you in LA at the time? Was this all in LA back then too? Or did you move to LA later? No, I was born and raised in, in Burbank and I've been, been here almost, uh, let's see, short of, short of the eight years when I lived in, I lived in Vegas for a few years and then I lived in Idaho for a few years and I decided to raise my girls here. I wanted them to have the same experience I did. And so we moved back here and it's been two, let's see, 1999 is when we moved back here and we've been since. So yeah, mm. I've been here the whole time. That's the year I was uh, born. 1999. <laughs> 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 yes. Well, <laughs> um, it, yeah, the grind, I decided that I was tired of the grind and while I, was, I still network, I, I play in, in bigger circles now and I do enjoy the fact that I can leverage, um, more of an audience through podcasting than I can by being on any stage, even with 300 people in the audience. It's it's may, way different and less intimate than if I can be on a podcast being interviewed. And I find that to be very effective. Yeah. So, um, so you, so, you know, you just mentioned something that you, that kind of went unsaid, but you, you reached out to us about being on the podcast. So do you just uh, on a regular reach out to people and say, Hey, I just found your podcast. I'd like to be on it. Um, is that part of the marketing that you're doing these days? Absolutely. And that's part of the, um, the skill set that I learned by taking the time to invest in myself, deciding I, if something scares the crap out of me, I'm going to pursue it. It's, it's, just me. I don't know why, if that makes like me that. insane. Yeah. I was offered, um, I'm, I'm going to backtrack just a second. I was offered a podcast of my own through the connected women of influence. And, um, the founder of that group reached out to me and she says, I, we would love to have you have your own segment on our podcast channel. Will you do it? And I wrote her back. I said, Can, do you mind if I use a swear word? <laughs> Yeah, this is an explicit podcast. You can actually swear as much as you want on this. Fuck, We're actually yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I said, I said, this scares the shit out of me. So I'm going to do it. Anyone, but that anyone one, but that one. Um, okay. But you're off the show. So, but no, I, I, I had received that kind of offer because I attended I, I believe I attended something called the new media summit. Steve Olsher does this and oh, yeah, yeah, Steve. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was able to put together my pitch and understand what a podcasting um, show might be looking for in, in terms of how to pitch yourself and at what angle. 
and to get myself on podcast. So I traditionally do one a week as a guest. And then every couple of months I have my own guest spot that I'm doing with my own show called owning your health. So I, yeah. I get, well, to I imagine this is pretty rare though, to be on a show like this prolific, this big <laughs> as marketing piece. <laughs> That's true. You're reaching out to all of our seven listeners simultaneously. <laughs> So, so, uh, okay. So, so uh, going over your, your marketing techniques at this point, so you, you, you're doing podcasts. What else are you doing to get your personal message out there to find clients? Uh, like kind of what, what is your marketing system for you personally as a personal brand, uh, right now? Well, in addition to the podcast and I try to keep it small, I, I, I don't want to take my energies and put them into too many directions because I find myself scattered and overwhelmed. So one is, is networking in, in larger groups. And the other one is podcasting. Uh, the, the third one is taking information from, or taking the content from shows like this one and others that I've been on and writing articles about that and repurposing it all on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. And so that's all, it's all part of the content messaging of saying, if this applies to you, then you might want to get more information type of marketing. But yeah, it's content marketing because mm -hmm. people, ha if they don't relate, then. And so you're like in front of a mansion saying. No. You're, you're sorry. You're in front of a mansion and a you're mansion. like, if you want to, if you want to be healed, you know, would you like to, would you like to be healed and live in a giant mansion like this? Then this is, this is the system for you. Are you tired of being healed by doctors that drive super nice cars? Well, why not get healed by a holistic healer that drives a, a super, super nice, nice car, car and lives in a mansion? Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it's make, it's making, making the person who's suffering the hero and saying, if you want to do something that's, not a fad and not a trend and not what's being marketed by Dr. Oz, then <laughs> you want, you want hey, something. Don't bash that, Dr. Oz. Yeah. Not on the show. Oh goodness. <laughs> we might have to have an offline conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever even watched him to be honest. I don't know. I only know his name. I don't really know anything about now, him. It's a lot of people will, will follow the trend and, and saying, Oh, I'm being healthy by following the latest our alternative medicine trend. And I said, I, no, it's, it, I have to do a retraining and, and that's harder. So in uh -huh. capturing those people's attention is sometimes more difficult and it's not low hanging fruit as much as, as much as others think it is, but yeah, it's fi finding out who your ideal client is, or in my case, my ideal client, and then speaking to them in a way that's unapologetic is what's, is what's working. Hmm. So authenticity, like you, you, you being as authentic, <laughs> authentic as you possibly yes. can without, yeah. you know, <laughs> being, being as autistic Absolutely. as you can. Uh, being on the spectrum and then being a little goofy and, and allowing myself to be human as opposed to I'm perfect. I'm a practitioner and I have to present myself in a certain yeah. way. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, and I think there's a lot of truth to that because I think people, I mean, that was the old model yes. of business for years and years and right. decades. And I think, I think that's ending. And I, I think like, if you don't need to wear the suit and tie or the, you know, all the, you don't have to be dressed, uh, dressed that way anymore. You don't need to be presenting only the best parts of you to the public anymore. Yeah. People crave authenticity. They crave, uh, and they crave to see behind the scenes. They crave to see, they even like to yes. see struggles. So they want to know that they want to know that you're human and that you can so help them like, with their yeah. problem. Because if you haven't struggled through it, how are you yeah, going to exactly. help them? 
So uh, the question I have is, is, is if you, and I'm sure you've run into this situation, what do you do when you're talking to someone and they're, uh, they're having this internal struggle, or maybe they have a spouse who's like, oh, this lady's full of crap. And, or, or I'm they're sure thinking like, yeah. Who me? I mean, I deal with that all the time. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Every time I, 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 every time I look in the mirror. But, um, uh, but, but, uh, but, but so, so how do you? I mean, how do you deal with haters? Because there's a lot of trolls out there, and 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 what what do you what do you do to overcome that? Yeah, it's not my problem. And and really, that's the stance I have to take on. Is like I'm being the best. I'm giving the information. I'm being vulnerable. I'm being forthcoming. I'm being transparent. You get to decide what to do with the information. And when people come back to me and they say, oh, I'm really sorry, Eva. I thought I was going to get started, but I'm not. Um, you know, I'll check back with you or, or, you know, keep checking in with me. I go, you know what? When you're ready, I'm here. But this is your journey, not mine. And it takes believing yeah. in it, that this is a, a valuable asset for your life that just can take you further on into the future than just the time that we're working together. And that confuses a lot of people. They're like, but I know you wanted to make money off of me. No, I'm in service to you. <laughs> I, I'm here to provide a service. That's what it's all about. You, you know, what's funny, like the, just what you brought that up, it's brought, this is kind of a, a little bit of a tangent, but I, I do a lot of um, freelancing gigs on the internet and it's funny when, when I started turning people down, it's, it's funny how they like, it, it like uh -huh. shocks them. And sometimes they like flip the switch and all of a sudden they're like fighting to be your client. And even though, even though a second ago they said they, they were not going to work with you. So it, it's like a reverse psychology thing almost, which is not right. my intent, but it's like how it works for some people. It's just an interesting kind of nugget that I've yeah, noticed. Yeah, it, it's their own internal struggle. No, it's, it's so true. Yeah. And, and how yeah. do you, how do you deal with the internal conversation that goes on? Well, that's something that I think we all know intimately well, when we think one way about something, but we feel another, usually out of obligation to someone else's opinions that they feel is more important than their own. And that tells me that they have a lack of boundary of loving the self more than they love either the relationship with that other person or more, more about what they think other people think about them. And again, that's their problem. I can't fix that. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree. And what, uh, there's a quote out there that's uh, "What other people think of me is none of my business." That, that kind that's of fits right. uh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but also, but what you're saying is that yeah, people are are becoming almost like codependent on the opinions of others to to validate their own decisions. They can't make a decision without validation, which is also another right. uh, another problem there. So. Yeah, and I think that's why permission marketing isn't working nearly as well as it might have in the past because people are looking for that authenticity, not just being sold to. But uh, so this, I mean, this is this is kind of interesting because we talk about a lot about permission marketing um, on the show. But you know what you're doing is more, uh, you know, because the, the type of marketing that that Justin and I do tends to tends to be more focused on like internet campaigns and building websites and ad copy. But what you're doing it, from from what you're telling me, it seems to me that you're you're creating more of like these one on one personal relationships and. And what what it what it, this taps into a, a very interesting dynamic that that I, I think a lot of people don't have and, and really good salespeople do, and that is that you 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 have to have the ability to listen and actively listen 
And the trouble is, is that I think that a lot of people, when they talk, they're just waiting for the other person to stop speaking so they can say the thing that they want to say. And it, it, it's a rare gift to have someone who will just actively listen to them and really engage. And once you do that, uh, then then it opens up this whole world. And I'm, I'm sure you've run into, you probably have a lot of clients who the, the, the manifestation of their illness is is just that no one's listening to them. And once you listen to them and you are that person that actually engages them on that level, then it, it turns the conversation around to a whole new sort of dynamic. So it, it, it seems to me that you're using, you're employing these techniques to really engage people and form those relationships. And that's part of how you draw in people to get your clients. That is a big portion of it. And you're reminding me of something that just happened yesterday when I was on the phone with TurboTax help desk. And I finished saying my little spiel of what was going on with me. And he says, at the end of that, he waited for me to be done. And he says, I'm so sorry. I didn't listen to a single word you just said. (laughs) (laughs) And I laughed just like I did now. And and I says, thank you for your transparency. And I, and I says, are you ready to listen? And, And we got going again. And we can all be in a place where we can take this as an offense and go, well, how dare you and hang up? But he was, he was able to stay with it and we laughed about it and moved on. And we're not used to being heard and we're not used to being acknowledged and validated. And especially in my world, you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, well, I think it's all in your head, which is what they did to me. How are you supposed to move forward if they don't respect what you're saying? You know, so crossing that boundary and getting into the brain and saying, "Okay, I I can see what's going on with you and speaking directly to the confusion that's happening inside because people say to themselves all the time. So my clients are coming to me saying, I'm doing all the right things. Why doesn't my body work? Well, those are those are going to create that thought right there will create illness. So it's about dismantling the idea, the belief systems. It's about listening to what they're saying so that you can clearly define where their belief system is butting up against a healthy mindset and a healthy body and retraining it. And sometimes that takes a while. You know, people work with me for not just, you know, a few weeks. It's sometimes a couple of years. Yeah. And whenever someone says that they're doing all the right things, then um, that also implies that they're closed off to, to hearing what they're doing wrong almost in a, in a sense, because you know, they're like, I'm already doing all the right things. So what the hell is wrong with me? Right. Um, it, it kind of, there's an implication there that they're, you know, they think that they're already doing everything. They think they already know everything. So that can be a problem. I, I wanted to add though, that because you way back in the beginning of the episode here, way, way back, <laughs> you had talked about how people were um, opening up to you about problems that they, they normally don't open up about. And I, and I think there's like almost like a formula to that. And, and part of it is the idea that reflective listening and actually processing what people are saying, reflecting back to them, and then also sharing your own story and being super vulnerable in ways that they're, you know, they're not used to hearing. I think when that happens, um, it tends to open people up to, to share things that they normally wouldn't feel comfortable sharing. And I, I had a prior mentor of mine once say that the more, um, the more personal that you could tell a story and the more intimate you can get within the details and the more you know the more vulnerable like the, if you get into the real dark pit of your story uh the more universal the message becomes too and the more yes. that it's uh the more that everyone uh, almost anyone can relate to it because everyone has had those kind of human experiences whether they're directly related to what you shared or just you know, they can put themselves in your shoes in a different situation so 
Absolutely. You know, it, it's it's interesting because uh, this is something that actually my father said, who is uh, a science fiction writer, and one of the he was really good at 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 the time. I mean, I, I feel his stuff's a little stilted now, but uh, he was really good at, at pulling these emotions out in ways that a lot of writers weren't doing, especially in the in that particular genre. But somebody asked him, like, like how are you so good at like telling these stories of like these emotional stories more than your peers? And he says, well, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of people take, take write these stories that take place on a spaceship or, you know, on another planet. And and no one can really relate to just that, that you know, a person on a planet, a person on a spaceship that doesn't mean anything. But you write about loneliness. Everyone can relate to that. And it doesn't matter where that takes place. And, and, and it, it, you know, we're all, we're all on some degree lonely, just looking for answers and meaning. I think a lot of the problems that we're having in the world today have to do with the fact that we, we live in a world that doesn't make any sense. And there are systems that people are putting into place that are offering answers to, to things that don't make sense. And they're buying into it because it's easier than trying to make sense of something you cannot make sense out of. Uh, and, uh, and for those people, I would just recommend maybe microdosing LSD once in a while and seeing how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or get your hair tested. Yeah, we could do this. Or get your one hair one tested. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But not so, after microdosing LSD oh because God. then it might actually show up in the hair sample. No, no, no. Well, okay. It won't. We're, oh, we're okay. okay. So, no, no, no. Good. No, okay. I'm, not doing, okay. I'm not doing drug testing or DNA. <laughs> okay. So, so I, uh, uh, I, I want to ask you a couple of lightning round questions here. Uh, uh, so first of all, what, uh, uh, what do you do with situations where, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're telling your story, you don't feel like you're connecting with the audience, uh, or, or with the, with the individual, what do you do at that point when you feel like you're losing the plot with people? Like, how do you draw them back in? To, to re-engage with them. I'm just thinking about the times that I've been on stage or on the phone and that's happened. And it's mostly because they've come to a decision in their mind already that they feel like this isn't for them. And if it's, if it's more about my personal story than engaging, re-engaging with acknowledging, oh, not something that you can relate to, or, oh, maybe this is something that's hitting home for you. And we all need this conversation. I've done that before. So it just depends on what's going on. I remember being in front of the um, Irvine Holistic Chamber of Commerce, and I'd asked a pointed question about marketing and how we don't allow ourselves as holistic healers to charge even our friends and family for our services. And I, and I, I said something about that and everybody went really quiet as if it was a taboo subject. And I said, oh, okay. So then this is something that we can all use a conversation on. And then I went into it. So rather than stepping away and feeling internalizing of, oh my God, they're rejecting me or they don't understand what I'm saying. I just spoke to the, that silent scared moment and decided I'm going to, I'm going to make this something that we all agree is needed. And it was, it was something that they decided. So I just followed my intuition. And there are other times like in the opposite extreme, when I'm in conversation with an individual and they get the, the glazed over look and it's too much for them. They're not ready. They're not my ideal client. And I let it go. So it, it's, it, it's not something I don't need to reel in everyone. I just want to make sure that I'm available for those who are ready. And that's the, and that's a great, I mean, that's a great, great point. The, I mean, that's such a common, um, a common problem for business owners is the, especially, especially in your industry, the health industry, because people are 
you know, if you're if you're in that industry, you you tend to be of a certain mindset, and it's um, and it's not necessarily conducive to to traditional business. So the idea of charging people um, often, yeah, can create a feeling of offense or it can mm-hmm. create a feeling of discomfort. And there, I mean, obviously there are, uh, if you're going to be in business and, uh, you know, business is about being profitable right. uh, and you're not able, and you're not able to make offers or charge people, there's a, there's a contradiction there. And yes. so, you know, working through that, we, we might have to have you back on the show just to talk about this subject and we could go on this for like another, another full episode probably, but. Oh, it's a um, great subject. Yeah. It is, but yeah, so that, I mean, that's just, a, it's a great topic because I, I run into that a lot. And, you know, a lot of times you, there is, you have to conquer the limiting beliefs about what's getting in the way or what, mm-hmm. what beliefs around money do they have? And very fascinating subject though. Oh yeah. Especially with the alternative medicine practitioners that I was running in circles with, they believed that money was the root of all evil. And I said, no, greed is. And understanding yeah. that if we are not in the world, we are in the world. And we require currency of some kind. So unless you can figure out how to get around the money factor that we're currently exposed to, then you need to value yourself enough to charge for it. And this was part of, I would, I would rather than talk about nutritional counseling with my fellow practitioners so that they could refer business to me, I was showing them how to market themselves better and make more money and feel more valuable and be okay with it. That was my, that's what, what I went there to do. <laughs> so <laughs> I want everybody to succeed because if we're all just, you know, in a, a mushroom, like in the dark, how are we ever going to be of service? That, that's how I feel. I'm very passionate about that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened? Uh, I, I was going on on a rant, my own rant. Yeah. No, that's, that's fine. We love rants. Good. Um, so, uh, uh, is there, is there, uh, if, if it, if people want to find you, what's, what's the best way to, uh, get a hold of you? Best way is just go to the elevate institute.com and you'll see a couple of different interaction possibilities, uh, email, a phone call, or I have a hotline number. So all of that starts with the elevate institute.com where you can take this cool free assessment. I think people have enough information and it's swirling around and it's just a little overwhelming. I have um, a thyroid, a free health assessment on there that anybody can go through and answer questions online. And it will give you an instant feedback of it's highly recommended that you do a hair analysis because these are the things you could be experiencing internally and not even knowing how it can affect your health or know you're fine and, and, and go on about your merry way. So if you want to take the test, it's right there on the homepage. Okay, so theelevateinstitute.com. We don't even have to do the E as in Edward. I think they get right? that. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so they'll find you at theelevateinstitute.com. Uh, Eva Venari, um, your last name is V E N N A R I. Is that right? That's it. That's it. Yes. That's it. Awesome. Um, so, I, I think. Um, any any last uh, words of wisdom here? Because uh, we are gonna we are gonna wrap up here shortly. So I just wanted to what's your uh, what's your golden nugget to leave our listeners with, um, and then uh, we're gonna do a few things and wrap up the show here. I find a lot of people, especially as I pull them closer to me as friends or or partners, that there's a fear of revealing more, like not just projecting their their um, perfection to the world and saying, this is who I've become. Look at me, work with me, go ahead and be the true authentic. If you still hate yourself over something, then, you know, use that because you're going to attract those clients who need to heal with you. So don't be afraid to show everything, uh, not airing dirty laundry, but the wisdom that you can glean from your life. I think that's important. 
to bring into your yeah, business. What's wrong with dirty laundry? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like the smell of it. So <laughs> that's a good, okay. Good, good, uh, good reason there. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Eva, for uh, an awesome interview. Now, but before we finish, though, I, I do want to cut into one, one quick segment here because I have a, an amazing story I have to break. And that's right. It's uh, time for one story of marketing news. Uh, this is breaking news, Andros, that uh, Jeff Bezos and uh, his, his wife, uh, Mackenzie Bezos, have uh, finalized their divorce. And in the terms... It's a, uh, it's a total, I think it was like $135 billion total divorce, or that was, that was a total amount number of assets that were being distributed. But Jeff Bezos will retain 75% of his interest in Amazon. Uh, he will retain 100% of his interest in the Washington Post and Blue Origin, uh, which Blue Origin is the space company um, that he has rivaling like SpaceX and, and Virgin Galactic and whatever else, um, uh, whatever else that, uh, what's his name? Uh, has going on. <laughs> um, why am I, why am I and, blanking and, on that? And, Virgin- and now he's, he's no longer the richest guy in the world. It like knocked him down to like eight. Isn't that, isn't that right? Yeah. I know. Even it's, by it's, splitting it's half his wealth. It's crippling, but, but now he's in a lower tax bracket, right? No, <laughs> he's under you know, the $35 you, uh, billion dollar tax bracket. <laughs> It, you can't can't do can't do a hair sample test on that guy, can you? That's a good point. Actually, you know what? You can yeah. because uh, they have armpit hair. They yeah. do that. They, I'm not kidding. They do. Like some people use that for hair tests. I'm not even kidding. Do you, do you have do you have armpit hair? Do I know? I should. That's a, that's a question I get from a lot of bald guys. They they go they go oh there I can't test my hair because I don't have any up here. And I said, honey, you grow hair somewhere. Ah, I'd stay I'd stay away from certain hair. I think. Yeah. I don't really want to analyze and, that hair. Sorry. And with that. And with that. Another fine episode of the Marketing Geeks. Thank you, Eva, for. Like, Joining us, I got to do this. I got to do this. I had to do that. It's good. I had to do you that. Got that off your chest. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was killing it. I was like, I was bottling that up all show. So I'm gonna do it again. That's my. That's my bottle. Yeah, if you had continued to bottle it up, it could have manifested as some sort of bodily symptom, and so you are healing yourself by releasing it. So I, I feel. I feel healed. I don't have to take any medication now. Thank you. And, uh, and uh, I'll mail you some of my hair anyway, Eva. And I just feel like I just feel like airing my dirty laundry. And I'm just gonna, you know what? I'm not gonna even wash it tonight. I'm just gonna put it up and hang it up on the outside. Whatever. Do it. Whatever that is. Another, another amazing, amazing episode. Thank you, Eva. It has been incredible. And uh, obviously, for all of our listeners out there, remember to go to TheElevateInstitute.com to connect with Eva. And as always, become a subscriber to the show. For only $4.99 a month, you can get access to all of our recordings and webinars. And most importantly,